If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. In the next global economic downturn, I believe that there's going to be a concerted effort by the elite, by governments, by the wealthy, to divert attention away from the true underlying causes and fundamentals that led to the economic downturn, instead placing the blame on various catalysts or the proverbial boogeyman, whether that's a country, a group of individuals, etc. And that's really the basis for this uh, podcast, for this video today. I want you guys to be wary of this of this placement of blame on a group of individuals or a single cause. And then, you know, a great example of this would be something like the Great Recession, fairly recent in in the minds of, of many people that were maybe adults at the time or paying attention at the time. What is the catalyst that to this day is oftentimes brought up as the cause for the Great Recession? Well, there's a handful. Some would say it was subprime mortgages. Some would say it was the wealthy, or bankers and their irresponsible practices. However, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find random people on the street that that have a decent memory of it that would place something like the Federal Reserve or moral hazard or or various other more underlying causes like just the fact that that we had low interest rates or too much debt um, or or just the normal business cycle, very few people would place the blame on those underlying factors instead choosing to blame a single catalyst, a single cause, or a group of people. And this can take a much more sinister uh, uh, turn as well, right? We've seen throughout human history groups of people being blamed for the woes of a society, right? Whether it's a specific race, a specific ethnic group. And unfortunately, a lot of those times, those types of blame games have ended in genocide, right? Not always, but but oftentimes that has been the end result. And, and again, I think there's a reason that governments and individuals choose to use these techniques. First of all, they don't want to lose power. But second of all, to some extent, it's it's human nature, right? I think the default human nature is not to take responsibility, to own up and say mistakes were made over many, many years, or hey, maybe this whole system is flawed in the first place. Instead, it's a lot easier to play the blame game. And so I think this next time around, we're going to see this on the global level. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, I was talking to uh, a, a friend of mine the other night, and, and these are the types of discussions I wish I could just record on the spot because, you know, they always have great questions and I do my best to answer them. And, and, and you know, his question was specifically relating to the U.S. What is the end result of this next, next economic downturn going to be on the in the political side of things? Never mind the economic, but but what is it going to look like politically? And, and first I answered the question, well, how about we talk about a different country? Let's talk about China. What is it going to look like for China? You know, I'm recording this video, this 
podcast on June 4th, the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. A massacre that I imagine many in China uh, are, are unable to access uh, the, the facts of. Um, it was a massacre of anywhere from hundreds to potentially over a thousand uh, democratic uh, protesters in the country. And, you know, there's a reason that each year on June 4th, China and their security forces are more mobilized within the country than usual. China, for many decades, has held a, a you know, the Chinese Communist Party held a tenuous grip on power. It's, it's, it's waxed and waned over the years. Uh, but, you know, I wonder in the next recession... What is the hold on uh, that the Communist Party has in the country going to look like if it's as bad as many people, including myself, expect? Given the size of the excessive debt bubbles within China, given the massive expansion that they've had over the last uh, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, uh, we're talking many people that have have grown up never knowing uh, a time in which the economy is is doing very poorly for a, a, a extended period of time. Uh, not unlike Australia, actually. What is that going to mean for the Communist Party? And again, I think it's going to go back to the blame game. If China wants to avoid some sort of a popular revolt or the the reduction of the overall power of, of the Communist Party, which is becoming increasingly uh, authoritarian, they're going to need to play the blame game. If they want to maintain their control in society, they have to play the blame game. And so who are they going to play it on? Well, you know, right now the obvious decision would be the United States. Whether it's our leaders, the people, Donald Trump, whatever it is, that's going to be the obvious boogeyman for China. And in the future, the Communist Party, I think, is going to depend on how they frame that, right? If they can frame it as this is the U.S.'s fault, this is Trump's fault, or whatever, the trade war... Versus saying we have some fundamentally flawed economic positions and policies that have been uh, very beneficial to us for many decades, but but we're feeling the pain of them now. We need to reform. I mean, the the, the immediate outcry is going to be, you guys made the mistake. Now we want the power so that we can fix it, right? And in the United States, you know, what is it going to be? I mean, Trump. I think the obvious big man for Trump is going to be China. Another one could come up, whether it's a, a, an open conflict or some sort of a trade war. It could be everyone, right, with the direction we're moving. It could be China, Mexico, Canada, the European Union, uh, Australia, India, you know, a whole bunch of our trade partners, partners, right? That's all blame it on trade. Not to say that it's not a role, but again, be careful with this blame game and, and choosing one specific cause or catalyst. Democrats, I think their obvious uh, uh, one would be Trump. Or maybe a little bit less likely, uh, the same as what Trump is saying. Like, let's, let's blame it on China and, and their economic policies or their trade policies rather than taking responsibility. And, and, and I think this is really going to frame the conversation how well this blame game works. It, it's going to mean a lot for the current regimes, Democratic or Republican, communist, populist, nationalist, uh, or whatever is in various you know countries in, in the member states of the EU, how they frame it is going to determine how this this continues in the future. But this is a very dangerous game. Not only is it misinformation, 
But, you know, in the case of like something like the U.S. and China, that can lead to war, right? Whether it's major or, or relatively minor, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right? It, it, relatively minor in the sense that, hey, maybe China asserts their control over the South China Sea or even Taiwan. Major being U.S. and China go head to head in some sort of a, a major conflict, um, which I don't even need to tell you the, the risk inherent in that. Playing this blame game is dangerous, but, but I think more importantly, it also means that the, the individuals, the system... And, and the, the fundamentals of the system aren't ever exposed as the true cause of the problem. So going back to the Great Recession, what was the cause of the subprime bubble in the first place? Yeah, banks played a role, right? We can debate the, the regulation of it, uh, on and on and on. I, I don't know how much we could blame just on Bush, but the big one that I focus on is the Federal Reserve and how they responded to an economic downturn in the crash in the stock market in, in the early, early 2000s. How did they respond? Well, the Greenspan put, right? This was when Alan Greenspan was still the Fed chairman. The Fed responded by lowering interest rates. I don't remember exactly what the lower level was, if it was 1%, 2%, but they lowered them significantly. They manufactured this bubble in the subprime market, in the housing market as a whole, as well as the stock market. And then they popped that bubble by raising rates under the Greenspan and Bernanke era. And that's exactly what's going on right now, this everything bubble. Well, who is the true architects of it? It's, it's central governments, federal governments around the world to some extent, but primarily it's, it's central banks. It's an everything bubble because nearly every central bank has taken a whatever-it-takes approach, not unlike uh, Mario Draghi's famous statement uh, some time ago. Whatever it takes, quantitative easing, 0% interest rate, negative interest rate policy, uh, massive bailouts, infrastructure spending, uh, uh, debt saturation of, of the economy at the government, the corporate, and the consumer level. Whatever it takes to turn this normal, relatively normal, business cycle into a never-ending credit cycle. You've seen it in China. You've seen it in Europe, Japan, the United States, Australia, Canada, on and on. That is ultimately what is to blame. And so in 2019, 2020, you're going to hear a lot of talk, especially election season here in the United States, about how it's the Chinese, right? Primarily from uh, maybe Trump supporters. It's the trade war, whatever. This is something that has to be done. It's a price that has to be paid in order to get a better deal out of China. If this, I'm assuming if this trade uh, negotiations continue to stall or, or break down. Uh, from the left, from the Democrats, it's all going to be on Trump. And, and why not? I mean, that's advantageous to them politically. Let's blame it on Trump for the time being. Once we have office, we can continue to blame it on him. Maybe we can shift it to China. But either way, it's his fault for now. 
right? But but that's not the case, right? I, I use the example of, of somebody that is not healthy. And not healthy in the sense that they have an active disease. Like, in this case, we'll use the common cold or pneumonia. Okay, the common cold. And somebody that is healthy is generally not fatal. It's generally not debilitating to the extent of hospitalization or something. Most people can get over it, right, within a couple days. It might take staying home from work. You're going to be uncomfortable. Okay, but you're going to survive. But somebody that is fundamentally unhealthy, again, I'm not talking about an active disease. I just mean their physical activity is almost non-existent. Their diet is terrible. Maybe they're obese. Maybe they have have high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol. All those things may be officially classified as disease by some, but you know what I mean. If they have all of those things present, and maybe they're also old, and not just old, but but in really poor health and old. I mean, there's a difference between uh, you know chronological age and, and their actual age, right? Somebody can be old and yet have have uh, the, the health of a much younger person. If they are fundamentally unhealthy and they get a cold, and that cold progresses into their lungs, turns into pneumonia, which ultimately leads to hospitalization and death, what is the real cause of their death? Well, in the coroner's report or, or at the morgue, it's going to be uh, pneumonia, right? A lower respiratory infection. But you and I both know that that despite being the catalyst for their death, is maybe not the real cause because a common cold is something that a healthy person should be able to fight off. The real cause was their unhealthy behavior, their, their, their lack of health in the first place, lack of well-being. And the same thing relates to the economy, right? Let's relate that to the economy. Let's say this trade war, as well as maybe the Fed raising rates too quickly, Let's say that that is the catalyst that people blame for the next recession or financial crisis. Well, you and I both know that that's just the catalyst, much like the common cold that I'm talking about. But that's not the real cause. The real cause is multifaceted, but it's going to be massive amounts of debt. It's going to be devaluation of currency. It's going to be bubbles in various markets like the stock market the real estate market, the derivatives market, and the bond market that's been blown up for years and years by governments, by central banks. Those are going to be the cause, and the perpetrators of that are not going to be just Xi Jinping or Donald Trump or or whatever. No. It's going to be the good folks at the Federal Reserve, the People's Bank of China, Bank of Japan, Bank of England, the ECB. Right, Those are going to be the big perpetrators, as well as legislatures and and central planners, and, and of course the leaders. I mean, they can take on some blame, whether it's Trump, Obama, Bush, Xi Jinping, uh, you know, various European leaders. Uh, yeah, they can take some of the blame. They're part of it, but 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 they're not the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue is a fundamentally wrong approach to running an economy, running a currency running a country, right? And yet the blame game will go on. But but what I want this to be is, is in this next downturn, let's be proactive. That's what I hope, is that we can be proactive about this, right? And so when we start to see unemployment rise in the United States and we see an official bear market 
in the US stock market. And we start to see all these sorts of pockets of trouble pop up in financial markets. Whether it's it's housing, something related to subprime, whether that's uh, junk bonds in, in the corporate debt sector, uh, government debt, whatever it is. Rather than just looking at the small catalyst, relatively small catalyst, let's look at the bigger picture. Let's look at the fundamentally fundamentally uh, fundamental problems with the economy. And so, when you're talking to your friend that just got laid off, when you're talking to your spouse or whoever about what's going on, and, and they immediately come up and say it's it's the trade war, or it's Trump or it's China, or it's junk bonds, or it's such and such corporation going bankrupt, or whatever it is, you can say, yeah, but but that's just like the cold that ends up killing the person that is fundamentally unhealthy. Our economy, our currency is fundamentally unhealthy. And that's going to be the true cause of this. And the true perpetrators are many central bankers, those that run the governments at the state, at the federal level, legislatures, all of that, right? But let's really try, and and yes, corporate, corporate America, corporate leaders around the world, they're part of it as well, right? But let's not put them all in in, and just say, it's just this one group of people. It's just the wealthy. It's just the rich. It's just Trump. It's just Xi Jinping. No, it goes much, much deeper than that. It goes much, much beyond just going back to 2016, beyond 2008, beyond 2000. Um, In the US, I'd say, you know, probably back to 1913, creation of the Federal Reserve goes back to uh, the the creation of some various entitlement programs, such as Social Security and Medicare during the FDR, the LBJ administration. It goes back to uh, the Bretton Woods Agreement post-World War II. It goes back to the closure of the Fed, uh, not the Fed, but the gold window in 1971-73 uh, under the Nixon administration, right? Those are some of the events that we have to go back to to, to really understand how did we get here in terms of the dollar, in terms of the debt? Those are the things, right? It wasn't that 2016 election. That is just one more thing on a long list of, of small events, some much larger than others, many of which I just named, that are ultimately culminating in the end of an era, the end of the economy, as we know it, the end of the system, as we know it. So as always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for listening to this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.